Are you tired of feeling like you have to hide your faith in order to be successful in business? Welcome to the Flamingo Advantage podcast, where Christian marketing and client experience coach Katie Horner leads you to embrace your uniqueness, to see the marketplace as a mission field, and your business as an act of worship. Hi, it's Katie again, the Flamingo Advantage podcast. So excited to have you back for this episode. We're going to be talking about sales today, but not the slimy and sleazy kind. Uh, We have a guest expert with us who goes back to pre-pandemic days for me, if you can believe that, uh, where I first got introduced to him at a live event that we both attended. Uh, We had discussed some partnerships and we've been collaborating through the years on different things and so, so excited to bring to you a Christian in the sales world and all of the wisdom that he has to share. So Justin Janowski, thank you so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Katie. I'm excited to share this because I think sales is one of those things like I'm I'm even hesitating as to what we're going to call this episode because I don't want people to shy away from it. And I know that, you know, it, as passionate people, as creative people, as people with a heart to serve other people, a lot of times this is where we get hung up. And so I'd love to know how you got into it, number one, and then how is God using it? as a business for you. That's so interesting. Okay. So I've been in sales really since I was 18. I sold Cutco kitchen knives. It was an ad in the newspaper that got me there. And then I moved on to other things, but I I really loved the thrill of making a sale. And I loved the conversation. I loved the idea of having something that I could get better at consistently and being able to connect with other people who were entrepreneurial sales was really my entryway into being an entrepreneur. And then I got into the coaching world and I was going to start my own coaching business, but my coach was running a startup business and needed a salesperson and said, why don't you come learn from us while you're getting started? Be our lead salesperson. And so I had to learn sales with them because it was my opportunity to be around these great coaches and learn how to run a coaching business. And I ran thousands of sales conversations for high ticket offers with them and really learned the process. And when I started Faith to Influence, I initially was running a men's Christian entrepreneurial group that was a little bit of sales and leadership and business stuff, but also husband, father, kind of roles that men are playing and how to incorporate God into all the things that we're doing. And I loved that work. Some of my clients, though, were coaches specifically, and I loved working with them the most. And so I decided to like narrow in and work with coaches on sales because I felt like It was something that was easy for me because of my previous experiences, but really hard for others. Uh, God blessed Faith to Influence. In my first year, we did over 250 grand in collected revenue. And I was finding that most Christian coaches were really struggling to build a thriving business, usually because of money mindset, sales issues, pricing issues around like designing their business model. And that stuff just felt easy and natural to me for whatever reason, along with, you know, obviously the experience that I had taken in. And so it it felt really natural to transition to working with coaches to help them with those hard areas for a lot of people that were natural skill sets for me. So is that the main part of your business now is, is training the entrepreneurs or are you still doing sales as a service? Two parts to my business. So one half is I work with newer Christian coaches to help them optimize their business models and their pricing strategies along with how they're selling. And that's usually a zero to hundred thousand dollar annual revenue coach who I take through our six-month sales school program, and we've got a mastermind. That's my favorite thing to do. I love helping the new coach make their first sales, 
or the coach who's just getting started and, and maybe has a little bit of a business, but hasn't reached their financial goals yet, really hit financial viability, whether that's 50,000 or 100,000 or 200,000 for them or more. The other side of my business that has built kind of an accident through God's blessing and doors just being opened, I don't market to, but I do a lot of business through is partnership sales. And we met at, at Pete Vargas's event. He had me come in and do sales for him. I've done sales for Pedro Adeo and Ray Edwards and Dan Miller and John Acuff and Founders Mastermind, Kingdom REI, Own It, a lot of really interesting and cool companies and people. And that has just grown through word of mouth. And it's because I've got a skill set around sales that converts at a high level, but also has high integrity. So really high integrity coaches who are running seven and eight figure businesses like to hire me to bring a team to sell for them at their live events or an ongoing retainer basis as their virtual sales team. So that has been unexpected and a huge blessing and and really significant portion of revenue for us. And just for the sake of listeners, when we're saying high ticket sales, what price range are you talking? For me, high ticket is anything over $5,000. So if you've got a $5,000 offer, that's, that's really a low high ticket offer. Most offers that we're hired to sell are 10,000, 20,000 or 30,000. Uh, we've sold 50 or 70 or even $100,000 a few times, but typically five dollars to $30,000 is the common high ticket range. And when you're selling, I, I know you, you talk about selling with high integrity. We talk about sales as service, serving rather than selling or having that mindset of helping people make the next right step for them, whatever that is. Talk to us a little bit more about the mindset that it takes to to come across with this service mentality, even when you, you know you need the money and you know they need the program. Yeah, that's that's a really good question. Well, I, I think there's a there's a few parts to this. We call it the internal art of influence. And it's really about like the mindset things that are going on in our own heads, our own hearts. And it, three parts I look at it from. One is our own identity, who we believe ourselves to be. If we believe really good things about ourselves, it's going to be easier for us to come off authentically on a sales call and to just naturally be ourselves and find our authentic leadership voice. If we have a lot of self-doubt, a lot of fear about who we are, a lot of self-judgment, it's going to be a lot more difficult for us to be natural and confident on a sales call. And we don't need to be perfect on this. A lot of people struggle with their mental self-talk and their own identity of who they believe themselves to be. It's a journey. It's worth taking. We just need that mustard seed of faith that God talks about to hopefully have that develop into something else. But working on our identity, who we believe ourselves to be through like positive affirmations, surrounding ourselves with people who speak life into us, praying for God to support us in our identity. That's a big part of it. The second part is our emotional state, making sure that we're feeling really good before we get on a sales call, having a pre-call ritual that allows us to feel at peace that reminds us that we actually don't need this sale. We don't need this client. We don't need any one sale, any one client. And even if we feel like we're desperate for revenue, like I want to just remind you, if you're like listening to this on technology, a phone, a computer, like you're doing pretty well, you're okay. God has probably always provided exactly what you need. And we're abundant. Like God's going to continue to open doors and create opportunity. And there's going to be another prospect and another client and another sale. And so we can actually be at ease and especially be at ease if we're focused more on the sales call in service, like you talked about, Katie, but also 
in mastery of the process. Uh, a mentor of mine told me that early on, like, don't focus on making the sale, focus on mastering the process of the sales call. That way we can learn and grow through every single call because the long-term development of the skill set is worth so much more than this single sale, which matters, but not as much in the big picture. And then the third piece of this is the stories that we're telling ourselves about what sales is. And you kind of mentioned for a lot of people, they think sales is pushy or greedy or bad in some way or form. And if we think that we're going to be in sales avoidance all the time because we don't want to be pushy. We don't want to be greedy. We don't want to be bad. We don't want to be manipulative. And if we think that those things are what sales are, we're going to avoid it. If we think that sales is in some way good, we think it's service. It's going to be easier for us to jump on a sales call. You know, some of the things I believe about sales is when done right, sales is simply making it as easy as possible for the right people to say yes. I believe that sales when done right feels like coaching with an invitation at the end of it. Sales when done right feels like leadership. Sales when done right feels like love. Ultimately, sales when done right is simply helping people become more of who God created them to be or to receive and achieve more of what they want in their life. And all of that is really good. Oh my goodness. I, I feel like saying amen right here. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like you're, speaking, you're speaking my language in different words than I use, but just totally reinforcing everything that I believe in my soul about how we're supposed to serve our people through our business. And the whole identity piece and the confidence that comes in knowing that this is God's work. Mm -hmm. This is God's talent that he's, it's, it's something he's gifted me to do so he can do what he wants to do through me in their lives, right? The talent or the service or the ability that I have, it's not for me. It's so I can help other people. And it's, it's God who wants to do a work in them through me. And so if it's God's work, that totally shifts the mindset around being able to sell it. Cause now I'm not selling me anymore. I'm selling what God wants to do for them. Right. And yeah. Oh, so good. So good. And then you mentioned focus on mastering the process and you don't need this sale. One of the biggest things that has impacted me. And I, I don't even remember who told it to me. It was like one of those passing comments you hear somewhere, but it was that God pays my salary, not my mm. clients. Right. And, and so when I know my God as the provider who pays my salary, regardless of whatever else is happening in my life, when I can see it from that perspective, then this conversation is about helping the person in front of me. Yeah. And, and another thing that's interesting, you know, it's, I think that many people, their desperation probably doesn't come across like this, but, but we've all been in a sales experience where they felt like the other person had commission breath. Like they really wanted the sale for themselves. And like, that's not appealing at all. And if anybody's been in the dating world in the last like five to 10 years, any of the listeners, I remember, you know, my, my wife and I've been married, gosh, it's going to be seven years in December. But I remember being in the dating world prior to meeting my wife. And like, part of the challenge in dating is when somebody wants the other person more than that person wants them or desires them, there's like a little yeah. bit of an imbalance in how much one person desires the other person. It's off-putting and it actually hurts the chances of the relationship being one that works. And it's usually the person who needs nothing from the other person, who's healthy and whole on their own, that's the most attractive in dating. And the same thing is true in sales. And it's a funny analogy. And I want to be careful about how I talk about it. But the truth is in sales, if we don't need anything from them and we are abundant and we are whole without this sale, without this commission, that's when people want to work with us the most. They feel that abundance and that is really magnetic. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. 
I love that. And rewriting the story of what sales is too. And, you know, this, the sales conversation is, is helping them to decide mm-hmm. what the next right step is for them rather than, you know, getting them to buy or getting them to pay me or whatever. Because if they're not the right fit client, I don't want them or I shouldn't want them, right? That's just asking for headaches. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. Which, by the way, to that point, Katie, like, for me, one of the things that, and this isn't for everybody, but I, I evaluate the way people market and the way people sell. And I look at the different tactics of the marketplace. and I say, is that for me or not? And like one thing that's not necessarily for me is if I have a $10,000 off or selling it for $9,997, taking that $3 off. Now, common marketing practice, I, I understand it. People are probably doing it because that's what they've seen. And there is like this mental shift around 10,000 versus 9997 but for me, if somebody wouldn't buy from me at 10K, but they would buy from me at $9,997, I don't want that sale. That's the person who's not going to make every payment. That's the person who's going to be a pain in the butt client. Like if, if they wouldn't buy for $3 more for the real price of 10K, I don't want to make the sale. And so I want to make sure that my marketing, my sales, it's all as honest and transparent as it can possibly be because I don't want someone to in any way, in any capacity, feel tricked into this and feel like a month later, they wish they didn't buy or, oh man, it seemed like less than it actually was. I want it to be transparent and honest and upfront and direct. And I want them to still want it. And if they don't at that level, then it's not my client. Yeah. That's an interesting take on that. Love it. So let's say somebody listening or watching this is their own, like their small team right? And they don't have, maybe they don't have trained coaches or trained salespeople. Like they, they're really having all of the conversations with their own clients. And I know from my own experience, how, how hard that can be, because I mean, it's, it's sometimes it's just hard when you're talking about money with the person that you're going to be working with one-on-one. It's like, if, if, if I was trying to sell your program, it'd be much easier than selling my own sometimes. Right. But I don't have anybody to do that for me. You know, apart from the mindset tips that you've just shared, what kind of practical tips can you give to somebody who's, you know, walking into a conversation with a potential client coming up? Yeah, man, I, I know that the money thing can be really hard for people, especially when they feel like in some ways they are selling themselves. The short answer is that it really does come back to that mindset stuff. It comes back to our own identity of who we believe ourselves to be. It does come back to the stories that we're telling ourselves about money about this investment, about our coaching program, about our prospects, etc. But practically speaking, there is no substitute for experience and repetition. And so if we feel uncomfortable sharing our price out loud and inviting somebody to buy, what we really need is to share our price out loud and invite people to buy again and again and again until it becomes more comfortable. You know, if, if you hold 100 sales calls, make 100 offers, you're going to feel significantly more comfortable after the 100th call sharing your price than you did after the 5th call or the 15th call or the 25th call. Repetition is a huge, huge key to success in something like that. I remember when I was a new coach, I would do marketing videos in the way that I would pre-record them. And then I would watch the video and then I would beat myself up, judge myself, redo the video. And then I would beat myself up, judge myself, redo the video. I wanted everything to be perfect before I would share it. And I felt so nervous trying to record these videos. And eventually somebody was like, you have to do Facebook lives. Way more people see Facebook lives. And I remember being so scared to do Facebook lives because I couldn't 
I couldn't judge myself. I couldn't change couldn't it. I couldn't, it. Make it better. I couldn't edit it. It was there. I was going to be seen. I had to just like accept myself. And I decided to do a challenge of like 30 Facebook lives in a month. And by the end of the 30, I felt super confident. The first video, by the way, was do it scared. And I talked about how scared I was, shared that vulnerably and said, do the thing that you're scared of doing. Like, this is your calling. That was probably the most liked Facebook live I ever did. The first several Facebook lives felt incredibly scary to me, really uncomfortable. And I was judging myself. And by the 30th, I had let go of the self-judgment. I loved myself and accepted myself a little bit more. And it felt a lot easier. Now it feels super easy to do stuff like that but I needed the repetition. And so if that's you in sales and saying your price out loud and inviting people to buy, do it scared, get the reps in, and then it's going to get easier. Yeah. And that's the case with anything, right? Exercise, playing the piano or another instrument, like becoming a great photographer, improving your website. Like it's never done. We're all the time practicing who we are becoming and we just need to get in there and do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Love it. Well, Justin has a resource for you if you're watching or listening to this. He's got a resource over at goodsalespdf.com with lots of other practical and mindset or mental shifts for you. Um, We'd love to have you pick that up over at goodsalespdf.com. We'll put that in the show notes as well. And of course, Justin has a podcast that you want to subscribe to if this is an area you need to be working on and getting some inspiration in. Sales Strategies for Christian Coaches is his podcast, and you can find out more at faithtoinfluence.com. Justin, I've loved talking with you today. I think we could go on and on for several different episodes, but if you had to like summarize this down to the one thing that somebody needed to walk away and remember, what would you leave us with today? The one thing that someone has to walk away with and remember, if you want to be a successful coach or entrepreneur and you're new, There is nothing that's more valuable than getting in a real conversation with a real person, asking bold questions, and if it seems like a fit, inviting them to buy. Revising your website, making the next social media post, writing a book, doing a podcast, whatever else you're doing, like these are all good things, but they're not as important as just having a real conversation with somebody and inviting them to buy if it seems like a fit. If we simply do that over and over every single week, every single month, our business is going to grow and we're going to get better at all the things over time. Love it. Thank you for that wisdom. It's been a pleasure having you here today. Thanks for sharing your time. Thanks for having me. All right, my friends, you heard it. Go have more sales conversations if you want to get better at serving your people and bringing them into your world so you can also make more money, make more impact because your message matters. Somebody out there needs you to show up as you today. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. If you've found this episode helpful, please share it with a friend and consider joining our free listener community at theflamingoadvantage.com. Remember, my friends, your message matters and your voice is needed. Don't be afraid to let your flamingo show.